You're listening to an Aaron Books podcast. Welcome to Parenting and Bonding with Children's Books. Each Tuesday in our Facebook community, we go live to chat with the children's book author about the magic of books. Each book and author was chosen with you and your children in mind. So please sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's Author Spotlight. Hey, hey, everybody, and welcome to the Parenting and Bonding with Children's Books podcast. My name is Quinn, and we're here for the 14th episode. I feel like I kind of lost count. We're just excited to be here. And you guys know that here on this podcast, we talk to the authors behind the books that make the magic happen and help us bond with our kiddos through story. So tonight, we're here with Kimberly Davis-Peters. Hi, Kimberly. Hi. Hi, everyone. Yes, thank you so much for being here. We have a couple people on saying hi now. Hi, Teresa. Hey, mom. <laughs> so thank you all for watching. So let me tell you all about Kimberly before we get started. And then she's going to share a little bit with us herself. So Kimberly Davis-Peters has always loved to read the stories found between the pages of a good book. And so that's like a lot of us here watching tonight. And so eager to share the love of reading with her little one, Kimberly was struck by the limited number of stories featuring African-American characters. We talk about that all the time in the group and became inspired to create children's books to help meet this need in the reading community. And she is joining us from Columbus, Ohio. Kimberly, tell us a little more about yourself. Yeah. Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in, joining. Um, So I am Kimberly Davis-Peters. I am a a mother, a wife, an author, obviously. I started writing books in 2018. And um, just like you mentioned, I was just at a book fair and really disappointed by the, the lack of diversity and representation. And because I have a writing background, I decided to Um, use that skill to write books for my little four-year-old girl that I'm raising and just create stories that capture her um, childhood. And then, you know, some books that also teach a really good message that I think could be reinforced through storytelling. So I've been doing that since 2018. I've written two titles and I love the craft of writing children's books. So I am working around the clock to create more stories. (laughs) We love that. And we appreciate the time that you have put in to put these stories out into the world. Um, You have two of your books with you today. We're going to start with Coco Tea and Honey, but can you show us the two books you have with you? Yeah, absolutely. So Coco Tea and Honey, this was actually released in 2020. Thank God, somehow (laughs) we got through that. Um, (laughs) And My first book, um, Ellie and the Rainy Day, as well. So this was definitely inspired by Little Girl. And um, yeah, those are my two books. Okay. And what is this emblem we're seeing on the front of uh, the books? Oh, great question. So both of the books have been um, reviewed and rated five stars by Reader's Favorite. So it is a... um, you know, a go-to organization that is, you know, very highly 
recommended as far as books. And I sent the books over to them and got some really great reviews. So they were able to rate both of the books as five stars. Wonderful. And so if my word means anything to you all watching right now, I've read Kimberly's book, Coco Tea and Honey, and I love it. Absolutely love it. It's a nostalgic read. It's very warm. So many of the pages, the words and the illustrations just took me back to my childhood. And it was like immediately something I wanted to make sure was shared with other children and other families as something that needed, you know, to be read. So can you tell us a little bit about your book, Coco Tea and Honey? Absolutely. So Coco Tea and Honey is a it's a beautiful story about three little girls. They're all different shades of brown. And the book talks about reinforcing um, loving the skin that you're in. So the girls are talking about how beautiful their brown skin tone is. And then it also kind of on the opposite end, they talk about how beautiful each other's skin is because they're all different. That's what makes the story beautiful. I love, you know, the skin that I'm in, but I also can appreciate skin tones that are different as well. And then there's a an underlying reinforced message about friendship and um, acceptance and bonding. And at the end of the day, what's important is, you know, good character and that we build friendships based shared experiences. Um, at least children do anyhow. Um, and that at the end of the day, when we're choosing friendships, we don't choose them based on skin tone. So those things don't matter when we talk about friendship. What matters is, do you like the same things that I do? Do you like ice cream? Do you like to play in the park? Okay. You know, start building relationships based on what we share similarly and not, you know, where we differ. Yes. So that was so important. But I will say that the way the imagery that you created around skin color was beautiful. It made me feel really good about the color of my skin and other skin tones that I see, you know, because we want to create a picture with the words. Right. And you did that so well. Um uh, as I was reading the different words that you were using, I was like, okay, I, I see I'm honey in this book. <laughs> so I was like, I feel like every girl who uh, is reading the book will be able to be, say to themselves, like, that's me, right? But also be able to recognize the beauty and the friends that they have around them as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the world is very diverse. Mm-hmm. You know, as a whole, the world is, you know, even our, our own circle, our, if we look at our family, if we look at our classrooms, if we look at all these different pockets around us, there's so much diversity. And so it's important to love ourselves, but it's also important to know and appreciate that even if you don't look like me, I can still appreciate who you are and yeah. what you look like and your differences. Um, as well. So it's a it's a heavy su- subject. And yeah. I thought I would have a lot of trouble really putting it into bite-sized pieces. Um, mm-hmm. The reason I decided to write this book is just because I was actually inspired by a TV show. Um, but if we're honest, there for years, there have been these kind of secret conversations. We don't talk much about the differences, especially in the Black community, um, and sometimes how we can have biases against mm-hmm. each other with skin tone. And so um, even, you know, being a parent and raising a little girl, I never want her to feel that she's um, better or worse than anyone based on how she looks. I want her to value hard work and um, 
determination and getting to what you want and your your goals. Um, again, it's a tough message, and I thought I'd have a lot of trouble putting that into bite-sized pieces, but um, the truth is children are sponges. And if we start to figure out how to have these sometimes difficult conversations, such as skin tone, um, at a young age, we can sometimes try to keep them away from some conversations because we think they're too young. But if we find the right way to do it, they are sponges. And those, you know, little, little minds will grow up into some amazing, you know, adults if we, if we use uh, tools and messages um, as resources to, you know, help their development and, and their character and who they, who we want to shape them to be. How long have you been following the group? Because those, these are all things that we, <laughs> you like hit every note that we have been sharing with the parents in the group. And I just love it. I usually don't touch the comments until the end, but we have uh, so many coming through. I just want to get to it. Some people are saying they just love the message of the book. They're loving the artwork on the cover. Um, somebody wants to know, I can't see the name. What TV show were you referring to? Uh, Yeah, great question. So I was watching actually an episode of Blackish. So shout out to all my Blackish followers. (laughs) And I can't remember. I I honestly cannot remember what season it was. But the topic was, um, you know, if you look at Diane, the character, she's a she's a dark she's darker than some of the rest of her family. And so the, the topic was skin tone. And then um, the grandmother, so Jennifer Lewis, um, her character was sharing a story about how she had to play in the backyard um, when she went to visit her cousins because she was uh, too dark, right? Mm-hmm. And of course, again, this is a TV show, but that really struck me. And I started thinking, um, you know, again, man, if we could reach children at a young age with, with a great message, think of you know, how, how much better the world would be. And so I started writing. Yeah. Yeah. You uh, cut out there for a little bit, but I think we caught the majority of your message. Right. And I completely agree with that. Oftentimes we talk about uh, just in, in the abstract, like black versus white. And, you know, and we, we talk to our kids about that, but in the black community, you're right. We don't get down into the nitty gritty. And there are so many children struggling with the color of their skin, just depending on, you know, who's around them and what they see on an everyday basis. And I know, you know, if I just look at my family and I don't have any nieces, but I have like a bunch of nephews. Right. And um, my nephews uh, are just so chocolate and lovely. <laughs> and I just want to want them. I just want to make sure no matter, you know, what color they are and what spectrum of, you know, the rainbow they are just to love and appreciate themselves and the people around them, no matter what. Um, And it's all about character. You know, we really need to get our kids focused on the character of a person and not what it is, you know, that they look like, because that's, that's the biggest thing. Yeah, there is so much going on in the world today. Um, And we have to, you know, we've had obviously some successes. Um, We have, you know, had these pockets of um, accountability, right, as we've seen today. Um, But this isn't the end. You know, there's still a lot of tough work to do in the world. And so from my perspective, our children have to be ready. Um, And for me, 
that starts with loving yourself. If I can be confident in who I am and, and how I show up in the world, then whatever whatever someone may say about me is not going to affect me. And I can stay focused on the task at hand, whatever that may be. So, yeah. 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 I I don't want to go off on a tangent, but I love what you said. We want our kids to be ready. And we talk about, especially like on the blog preparation all the time. Mm -hmm. And the reason why it's so important for us to read to our kids, like giving them words and Mm -hmm. giving them, you know, words of like preparation to prepare them for when they're not around us, because we can protect them and feed positivity into them all the time when they're around us. And we're directly, you know, responsible when they're in front of us. But what happens? when they're not and they come out of our, you know, comfort circle mm-hmm. and they're with other people, they need to be prepared for, for what's going to hit them. And so some of the ways that we do that is we give them words to use and we describe to them, you know, these, we can use these themes in books, like in your book to, to prepare them and to, I feel like yeah. I'm repeating myself because it's just so like, which just use the books to prepare them. And this is an excellent book to be able to, to do that with Coco Team. Thank, Thank you. Yes. And, you know, even um, in the kids can sometimes be cruel, right? So when we talk yeah. about showing up and being confident mm-hmm. and, you know, as parents, we are that main support system for our children. So, mm-hmm. you know, push in as much confidence as we can, because even when they go into the classroom, if yeah. they are faced with, you know, other children who um, are not taught that that tolerance and that acceptance, again, they need to be ready. And no matter, you know, if we do that right, then no matter what you say, I know who I am because my mm-hmm. parents have instilled that in me. Um, because children can be mean. You know, I remember what it was like. Um, Children said some very hurtful things to me about the way I looked, you know, and I went to a predominantly white school um, at that time, but it it hurt. And I think, you know, it still, it it affected me and and my self-worth, you know, as well. So it it goes, you know, it it goes further as they get into adulthood, but, um, Absolutely. Preparing them for the classroom is a really good starting point. My little girl is four. She'll she'll be she's close to five. Um, And honestly, I was not ready for some of the things that she has already dealt with as a four year old um, in school, you know, and some of her um, brown skin uh, girlfriends, you know, have, have dealt with around hair and the way they look and it's heartbreaking because she's four. So, you know, I questioned, is this the right message to be, you know, I don't want uh, parents to think it's too heavy or why, why do you want to talk about this with, with children? Um, But just even what I've experienced with her, no, it's not, it's, it's not too early. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting you said that. Somebody uh, asked me the other day, they were struggling with their daughter who I think she's five and they were asking, do you know, do you think cliques exist in schools at this age? And I was like, you know, I've never thought of that. I have a son. He's uh, he's seven. And so I'm wondering, it's just good that you said that because now it's so clear, you know, that it does And at four. Wow. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, at at three, you know, uh, she she had a friend of me and I was just like, you know, her and this girl were like oil and water. And it was just 
it was crazy because I thought about high school, you know, and you don't like this girl and there's that whole frenemy type of thing. Um, but she, she's been dealing with that since three, you know, and that's really, really tough to sit back and watch. And then, you know, some of the things that are, you know, interactions and incidents, well, this girl doesn't want to play with me. Nobody wants to play with me. And, um, I was not ready for that at, at three and four for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Cause when you hear stuff like that, I mean, I think about, my son and when he's like you know you wish you could like go up to the school go up to the school <laughs> like go up to school let me talk to you know the child that's, that's I like, fight kids right don't mess with my baby <laughs> look you said it I was trying to avoid it yeah I'm like you know I want to talk to who's messing with you kind mm-hmm. of thing yeah um, I was telling a friend the other day there was this uh, little boy who was being bullied at a park and um and nobody really knew what to do or where his parents were. And I was like, you know, if he's at the park, he's young. He looked like he was under the age of 10. I'm like, that becomes a community's kid. And somebody somebody needs to go talk to him. Yeah, yeah. You know, this, well, you know, it can't happen like this. Absolutely. And that's the other, I will say for, for Coco Tea and Honey, you know, mm-hmm. talking about self-acceptance. But that's the other thing. If you can, if your child can appreciate um, someone that looks different than them, then when they do see. Mm-hmm. Um, someone else getting picked on, they may be more apt to say, well, wait a minute, there's nothing wrong with them or, or step in, you know, and be an advocate for that person as well. So okay. I was so grateful that I could touch on so many uh, different points so quickly in such a really short story. It mm-hmm. is, um, I will say it God's work because I wrote, um, the title came to me in the middle of the night. I literally had to get up and and write it down. It was like a very alarming siren going off um, because I was thinking, okay, I'm going to write another book. What's that about? Kind of let the uh, creative juices flow. Woke up Mm -hmm. in the middle of the night, had to write that down and then proceeded to write Cocoa Tea and Honey in 45 minutes. And so it was just like pouring out of me. And so I say it's God's work because I, I mean, the way it came together and the illustrations and how I was able to find the right partner to bring those to life. Um, because I, I, I draw stick figures, you know, at best, that's probably my best work. So, um, and I know no one's trying to see that. So, um, finding the right partner and trusting them and the way everything came together was just such a blessing. Yeah. So two things there, cause I want to talk about your illustrator, but I just want to like thank you for this part in your book as well and talk to the parents real quick is because in the group, I often get questions or or just on any of our social media, do you have any books on friendship, books on friendship? And a lot of the books on friendship are like nonfiction or like books that like speak directly, like I'm not going to say preachy, but it's not a story. Like it's not a magical storyline, you know? And um, it's nothing for, I feel like, our children to, like, fall in love with and remember later. You know, Kimberly's book is written in rhyme. It's like a memorable kind of, you know, situation that you see in the words and also in the illustrations. And our kids all the time when they go to school, they're learning words. Like, they're learning bike, um, tree. So when they hear these words, they can, they see what it is immediately. But these abstract words that we say and we just expect them to understand, like, justice, peace, hope, friendship we have to continuously model what a friend looks like 
what a friend is meant to be, what a friend is not. And it's easier for them to get it and for it to stick with them through a magical storyline than it is for us to just tell them, you know, just tell them, you know, I feel in my opinion, story is always a way, a better way for it to stick with them than anything else. So I just wanted to share that. And then the second thing, tell us about your illustrator because the book is beautiful. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, I want to say it's been so long. I want to say I met her on Facebook, perhaps. Mm -hmm. Um, So Dehita, um, she has been an amazing partner. It was my first time working with her. I looked at some of her work and just fell in love with her, her style. One thing I really love about being a children's author is I have, there are so many amazing illustrators. And there are, you know, as I go through this process and continue to learn, there are so many beautiful illustration styles. And so I always choose an illustrator based off of, you know, what I see in their portfolio. And then can I envision, you know, that type of style working for my story? Mm -hmm. And I I went through a plethora of different um, illustrators, but um, talked to her. She was very pleasant And I will say, especially with this book, it was very important to me to find an illustrator who got it, not someone who would just treat it like a job, someone who could be passionate about the message, because I wanted that passion to come through in the illustration. So I spent a lot of time talking to her, really giving her detail as far as what I was looking for, my reason for writing the book, what I was trying to express and you know, it was an amazing experience. Mm-hmm. She just got it. And she was very professional. She, um, you know, kept me very involved at every step of the way. She gave suggestions where she thought things may work a little bit better. Actually, the the cover, um, because I do try to give illustrators some portion of creative freedom. You know, I, I give them kind of some as, as far as specifics of what I'm looking for. And then everything else outside of that, I want to see your, you know, um, you know, your creativity come through. And so I did that with the cover. And she's like, do you have details for the cover? And at that, you know, I was so far down the production process. I'm like, nope, let me see what you come up with. And <laughs> she designed the cover all on her own. And so everyone, I tell her all the time, everyone who it's their first impression of the book. And they say, I love your illustrations. And that just speaks to, you know, the amazing work that she does. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. Would you, would you mind sharing a couple pages out of the book just so they can oh. see the illustrations? Yes, absolutely. I have two favorites that I will share with you. Okay. Um, and so here is one. You can see that. Can you see that? Yes. So that's one because I I think this may have been the first one that she um, shared with me Mm -hmm. um, or one of the first the first few. And when I saw this color, it's bright. It, you know, it was actually not supposed to be a uh, merry-go-round in this respect. It was actually supposed to be like a merry-go-round on the playground. And so that was one point of communication that. I kind of slipped up and wasn't very specific about, and she okay. took it a different way, but I love the outcome and it was better than, than what I had imagined. So I love that page. 
And then my other favorite one, because I love to snack and, you know, I love chocolate. So here's my other favorite page that she did with the little girls in the chocolate shop um, as well. So she just did an amazing job. It was really great to work with her. And as a matter of fact, we're getting ready to work uh, together again in about a month or so on a, a new book. Wonderful. I can't wait to see it. Can I tell you my favorite page is the iced tea. Really? I do. I love it. Just reminded me of sitting around a table with my friends in the summertime and <laughs> with tea. Nice. Yeah, my favorite page. Yeah. So, I mean, I have a couple in your book. I told you about the beekeepers. You guys, you got to check this book out so you can see everything that we're talking about. But the beekeeper page is is really good um, as well. So, yeah, it's just a beautiful book. So if you, I know you have a four-year-old daughter and you're using this book as a tool in your home, what are some of the questions that you ask your daughter as you're working through the text with her? That is a really good, uh, really question. So I, I want to caveat this by saying I'm getting ready to uh, release a new kind of version of Cocoa Tea and Honey that because right now I have the paperback and the hardback. So the new version is actually going to have an inside flap and inside that flap, it's going to have some discussion questions to guide parents and children through the story and have some good discussion before and after. So some of those questions, can you hear me? Yes. I'm sorry. I'm trying to aid in this. (laughs) Oh, no, 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 no. You're fine. You're fine. I was like, I didn't want to make sure I I want to make sure I didn't cut out. Um, So some of those questions, um, are talking about what it means to be a good friend. Um, When you start the story um, or when you finish the story at some point, uh, ask your child what they think maybe your skin tone looks like, you know, because we talk about foods and drinks compared to skin tone, things are sweet that are sweet in the story. So asking your child what they think your skin tone looks like, And, you know, and then having that discussion with them, oh, I think your skin tone looks like cinnamon um, as well. And even extending that to people around you um, in your school, friends, family, in your, you know, inner circle as well. Um, Like I said, talking about what it means to be a good friend, um, being an advocate um, and a good example for your child, even outside the reading when you are out in the world setting a good example and making sure that you're an advocate of diversity as well. So, um, yeah, I was, I, I thought, you know, just based on the feedback that I was hearing, I wanted to be able to equip parent, not only say that the book was a resource, but, um, really help guide them in that discussion. Thank you for that. I know as a parent, I love to hear, you know, the author's true intention. That's why we're here. Right. And then how to exactly to use the book. Um, So that's great. And thank you for making that addition to your book. I'm really listening to the feedback. That's awesome. So time is like flown by. Um, So I usually um, I know that you have some other books coming out um, and other books that you have written that we haven't had a chance to discuss and I would like to discuss them. So we'll be seeing Kimberly back here um, soon. We'll have to schedule a date. Before we drop off, I just want to say, is there anything else on your heart to share with the group or about your books? Um, I would say yes. So my message is leave audiences with is that when I started this journey before I became a children's author, I was very ignorant to the fact that, um, you know, I didn't think there were 
books out there that had that featured um, a black character. I knew there were some, but I didn't know there were a lot right here and there. And that's because, you know, uh, what we see in the mainstream as far as books don't necessarily represent us well. So when I started in this journey, I found that there are a lot, there are hundreds of, you know, mainly self-published authors, but there is a large group of, I will say, Black authors who are behind the scenes writing these books. Um, and we don't always have it uh, very easy getting that out to the public, right, compared to, you know, again, what you see in mainstream media um, or the, the publishing industry. So I say all that to say um, there is, you know, if you are looking, and I would challenge you to have a very diverse um, bookshelf for your child. And if you are struggling to um, figure out how to add titles, find those titles for that bookshelf, um, you know, it, it, quick Google search, you know, feel free to visit my website as well. There, there are some resources. Um, there are a lot of folks who are building online bookstores and pop-up shops and, you know, really just in this movement to represent us more in the space of children's books and represent us well. So, you know, please, where you can, please support because we, you know, we are so passionate to be able and, and humbled and grateful to do this work. I'm honored to be on your, your child's bookshelf. So, you know, I would just ask for your support, um, you know, as we put out new projects. Thank you for that. I had to put myself on mute. So if you guys are looking for Kimberly's work, you can find her at elliesbookshop.com. Um, the website is wonderful. Go and stop by and see the other works um, that she has. And you can also find her on Facebook and Instagram at Ellie's Bookshop. So I'm going to have this information up in the group as well. And when we send it out to the podcast and to YouTube, it'll be there. Um, let me just see. Go back to the comments a bunch of people just saying hello and the work is beautiful um and they just love your work kimberly is in the group so if you guys have any questions um make sure you tag kimberly in your question so she knows that she's being alerted to a question about her book or about the episode and i'm sure she'll be happy to drop by an answer absolutely yep if there's nothing else aiden is very active behind me so i'm <laughs> gonna drop off thank you so much everybody thank you so much thank you everybody have a great night <laughs>